Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you that you are the definition of our life. You've authored our lives from the beginning to the end. You are our all in all. You give us purpose and meaning, hope and promise. God, it's through you that we find fulfillment, true joy, peace that passes all understanding. So God, we just come back to the center of everything and it's you, it's your word, it's your plan, it's your purpose, it's your love for us. Glory to God. And God, we're grateful. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done with our life so far. God, I'm so grateful that I didn't die that night at that frat party. I'm so glad you preserved my life uh, as a 15-year-old in that car accident. God, you've brought me all this way. You've brought us to where we are today. And God, we've yet to even just begin to walk out to experience, to be used in the fullness of all that you have foreseen and have planned. We're pressing for it. We're reaching for it. We're hungry for it. We've come here tonight to learn about it, to receive from you, to hear from you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for fresh wind and fresh fire. Fresh wind, fresh fire. Hallelujah, that you've revived us, refreshed us. Glory to God. You've renewed our hope. And God, if there's someone here that needs their hope renewed tonight, do that for them. Lift them to a higher place. Unveil, Holy Spirit, Jesus, to every person. His greatness. His mercy, His compassion. Glory to God. Let everyone, help everyone to see Jesus as He really is. Glory to God. And Jesus, we thank You that You came to show us who the Father is. We know a lot about the Father because we see Jesus. We see Jesus. Glory to God. Thank You, Father. God, there's nothing that's not ours. Forgiveness is ours and mercy is ours. A new beginning is ours. Blessing is ours. Healing is ours. Protection. The angels. A promise of a wonderful future. It's all ours because we belong to you. God, we thank you for our gathering here tonight that it's blessed, that you're moving in our midst. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for answers in this place. And God, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, to magnify your name, to give you all the praise, for you alone are worthy of it. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, you just didn't get tired of church, huh? Glory to God. That's great. That's great. You know, the Lord uh, says, or the Word says, of course it's the Lord. The Lord is the Word and the Word is the Lord. In Hebrews, that forsake not the assembly of yourself together as the manner or the habit of some is. But then it goes on and says, but how much more? As we see the day approaching, we ought to be there more. So 
as we move through this last day of the church, we'll be gathering more. If we're following the Spirit, following the Word, and uh, He'll grace us to do it. He'll give us the strength to do it, the desire to do it. So we're so glad you found your way here tonight. Praise God. And have a good time. If you happen to be here for the very first time, welcome to World Harvest Church. Uh, we're so glad to have you as our guest. My name's Pastor Chris, and we're glad to have you here. Amen. Well, praise team, thank you so much. You can come on down, and you know what to do. WHC, right? Love on each other. Shake a hand. Fellowship for just a moment. And then we'll come right back.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Good evening, everyone. We're at the, uh, coming to the end of hump day, right? Middle of the week. I used to really, that stuff really used to matter to me, but God's put me in a place where I love every day of the week. One day's not more special than another. Of course, I'm partial to Wednesday night and Sunday morning. And I hope you are, but uh, praise God again. Welcome everyone out to church. Hope you've had a great day. If you've not, I hope that you've been like me, an overcomer. Right? You have anything to overcome today? Yeah. Well, me too. Praise God. Lest you think I live just a, well, I do live a pretty charmed life, pretty blessed life. But uh, the devil tries to just do stuff, mess with us every now and then, doesn't he? But what do we do? Overcome. Overcome. That's what we do. <laughs> Praise God. I'm going to give you that, sweetie. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, open your Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And uh, as you're turning there, did you enjoy the ministry of Dr. Michael Jacobs? Wow. Man, life changing. I don't know if I was just picking up on what God would do in teaching and ministering to us on angels. I just trust it was right, but we got kind of a double dose of that. Of course, he's way out there ahead of me in revelation and understanding on the subject of angels anyway. But I hope you were blessed. Every service was just wonderful. But I tell you what, that Sunday night service was just wow and uh, just precious. I, my favorite part, I think, was to see Audrey filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues and just crying. And, and of course... Uh, uh, Janet's mom, too, filled with the Holy Ghost. What a precious moment. And the key leaders being ministered to and imparted to, and of course my family, and the teaching, and the people that were healed. And Wow, it was just a, just a blessing. And I asked doctor in the back, I said, now, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting, I'm just asking. <laughs> I said, Dad, did, uh, do you remember last year using the word quantum leap? When you prophesied to this church about leaping forward, he goes, no, I don't ever use that word. Did I use that word? I said, you used it not, not only tonight, but twice. You used the, the same word a year ago. Of course, he's in the spirit. He's not keeping notes. Yeah, oh, be sure use the word quantum. But I'm like, who uses that word? Doctor told us multiple times he doesn't know astrophysics or fission, nuclear fission or anything like that. So anyway, we're going to get that uh, part of the prophecy about our church in the prophecy book and uh, because the Spirit of God said through him of course not only that that would take place he put a time frame on it about a year and a half over the course of that time but he said we needed to pray that direction and so you know every prophecy is an assignment every prophecy that we receive corporately or you individually is an assignment a faith assignment a prayer assignment so anyway we trust that you were taught that you were blessed that you were ministered to and uh, I, I just wanted to say, on behalf of my wife and I, just thank you. Um, we blessed him with an abundant offering. We were able to take care with, of his airfare, took him shopping. He was just blown out, blessed. And of course, the, and then in addition, the church had a good week, just generally, financially. You know, I thank you. Thank you for hearing from God. Thank you for your generous heart. Thank you for being faithful. I just, you know, uh, I just excited and just very grateful, amen, uh, for this church family and excited to be, you know, to have a part in it. Hallelujah. So speaking of that, I, I wanted to go over here to, to Galatians. <clears throat> 
chapter number 6. And just to remind you of a truth I'm sure that you already know. Welcome also to those who are chiming in by live stream. We're glad to have, it, have you out there. If you're a visitor, we'd love to have you in the sanctuary sometime if you're within driving distance. Praise God. It's different in the building, isn't it? It's different in the building. Thank God for that. So Galatians 6 verse 6 says, Let him or her, of course, that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Now, that word communicate, we use that word today, but not like it's used here in the Old English. This word communicate means to share out of one's resources or to, to contribute to one's financial support. That's what that word means. So let him that is taught in the word communicate or share, give unto the one that teaches him in all good things. Well, you know, we did that, didn't we? Over the course of the last several services, we did that. And we do that ongoingly as we bring our tithes and, and we give here. And, uh, but having done that, what are we supposed to do now? We're supposed to do something. Something's supposed to happen now. We were taught the Word. We were ministered to the Word. And we gave back generously to the one who, communi- to, who taught us and ministered to us. So something's supposed to happen now. Let's be reminded of that. He goes on and says, be not deceived, don't think the wrong thing, don't believe the wrong thing. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall, don't you like the word shall? Just take me down just a hair. Uh, shall, I love that word shall, doesn't mean, I mean, there's no doubt about it, he shall. We shall what? Come on, it's time to reap now. We sowed, praise God, therefore it's time to reap. Glory to God, what we sow. I don't know what you sowed, but we sowed money. And what we sowed, this verse says, don't be deceived, don't be talked out of it, don't believe the wrong thing. The thing you sowed is the thing you're going to reap. Listen, do you believe it? There's increase coming to you. There's increase coming to you. You're not going to stay where you are. You're going to come up from where you are. Come on, do you believe it? I mean, I know you sowed to just be a blessing, and, and that's right, and that's good, but now see, it's harvest time. You need to mix your faith, mix your expectation. Amen. It's like my daughter ministered. You know, it's seed time and harvest. It may take a little bit, but the harvest is sure to come. It's like Dr. Dufresne used to say, I don't care if an elephant walks up to me, I'm going to look under his trunk and might have my money. I just love the way he just had a way of saying things. What is he saying? I'm walking around with an expectation. I got increase on the way. Amen. Praise God. I'm a giver. You're a giver. Amen. And uh, so thank God that we are in position to reap. Glory to God. Verse 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall. There's that word shall again. We shall reap if... We faint not. We'll faint. Grow weary. That means to grow weary, tired, and quit. Well, don't grow weary, tired, and quit expecting. Looking. I don't mean walking around putting pressure on people. But I mean, we've made a demand on God's system. We've made a demand on God's Word. I'm expecting Him to cause increase to come to you and to me. Amen. And of course, tonight we have an opportunity to sow again. 
and to bring our tithes of the increase that God has blessed us with. So as the ushers come, hey, uh, Monday and actually Wednesday, uh, the guys finished it, really marks a landmark kind of moment with our construction back there. From a construction point of view, that entire wing that we've been working on for almost two years is done. It is finished. Hallelujah. And I mean, it is done and it is paid for. Electrical, plumbing, HVAC system, drywall, finish work, high-end cabinets, countertops, finishes, flooring, the doors, the hardware. We got the key, baby. It is done. There's nothing left but to put furniture in there and move in and enjoy it. And it's all paid for. Thank you. Come on, thank you. And again, that's seed you sowed, right? Don't forget, there's a harvest. There's a due season coming to all of us who have participated in that. Amen. And now we call in the kids and the families and all that because we didn't build it to be empty. Praise God. So, Father, we come to you tonight excited, grateful. Uh, Thank you, Father, for the grace and the favor and the perseverance you worked within this church family to continue the assignment to build. You said to relocate. You said to get in position for a last day move of your spirit. We have done that and we are doing that. And God, as we've been faithful to do our best to sow our seed and to be a part and to fund your assignment that you placed on us, God, we thank you for an abundant harvest. Oh, Father, I thank you for blessing the family socks off, promoting them, opening up doors for them. I thank you for divine ideas, supernatural increase, favor that is beyond the natural upon their life. And God, we look forward to going across the hall and working on the children's church. We look forward to improving this sanctuary. We look forward, Father, to getting the office suite done. And we look forward to the next building. In the name of Jesus. God, as we tithe, as we give again tonight, I thank you that all the needs of this ministry are met in abundance. And that, Father, that you are again multiplying, funding, supplying all the needs, wants, and yes, even dreams of your people individually and in their families, in their businesses, in their ministries. We thank you for all of this. We're in agreement about it. The angels are at work on our behalf. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, join me if you brought your Bible. Turn it to Proverbs, the 23rd Proverb, 23rd chapter of Proverbs. Hallelujah. I prayed. Did you pray for me? Thank you so much. I prayed and I asked God to think through my mind, to influence my study and my thoughts and pull my heart in the right direction. I don't know what else to do but to believe that He answered my prayer and your prayer. And this is what's strong in my heart right now for tonight. And uh, so we're going to talk about our minds tonight, talk about our thinking, and, uh, and learn some things and be stirred and reminded about some things along that line. And so the title of tonight's uh, teaching is, uh, As a Man Thinks, As a Man Thinks. And of course, that's a phrase right out of your scripture here in Proverbs, chapter number 23, verse number 7. The scripture says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So is he. Right? Is, mathematically, uh, could be replaced by an equal sign. Right? So as you think, that equals what you are. So according to this, you're not what you eat. You are what you think. (laughs) You are what you think. And uh, praise God, this, this scripture has profound implications for your life and mine. Amen. Now before I uh, go on, I need to remind myself to remind you that mentoring starts uh, tomorrow night. And you know, another night at church? No, not unless you want to be here. But you know, people have asked me, uh, Pastor, would you speak into my life? Pastor, could I spend some time with you? And I do, I do that the best I can and still do. Um, but it just got to be more than I could handle, you know. And so the Lord led me uh, to have a time where people could get around me that want to be around me and ask me questions. And if they don't have questions, then I have a, a line of, of thought and ministry. I'm always ready to minister. So um, it's going to be a little different this time. The subject, unless the Lord deals with us, it changes it. Of course, you could bring your questions in any area. Uh, we're going to devote the term to growing in prosperity. Um, and of course, it's going to be spiritually rich, but we're going to put a real, it's going to have a real business, entrepreneurial uh, kind of a part weaved into it. So if you have business in your heart, or if you want to break into new avenues and channels of wealth creation and increase, uh, amen, then this, this could be a rich time for you, amen. Uh, we may, uh, I may bring in, I prayed about bringing someone in that I know that studies the market. And uh, anyway, so we'll just see where it goes. But we're going to talk a lot about avenues. We're going to talk a lot about channels. But where we're going to start, unless the Lord leads differently, is kind of on this subject. It's all about our thinking. If we're going to have a different life, we're going to have to think different thoughts. No one is ever going to live higher than they think. Do we realize that? I mean, this one verse, like I was saying a moment ago, has profound truth within it that we have to get a hold of. So is, is your mind open? Is your heart open tonight? Okay, I have three amens and everybody else isn't sure about it. So <laughs> praise God. I looked up this word uh, in the Hebrew. You think you know what think means. And uh, the Hebrew word is, it does mean think, but I love what it adds in the Hebrew definition. The word think here means to open, to open. So amen, you're as open 
as you think. Some of us are closed, <laughs> right? Uh, it goes on and says Dr. Strong, in his concordance, uh, defined it as to think means to act as a gatekeeper. So for something negative to get into your life, it's got to go through the gate of your thinking. For something good to get into your life, it's got to pass through the gate of your thinking. And so again, the definition means to open. And I like this, it means a place of controlled access. A place of controlled access. And so that's what your thinking is. It's a place where things access your life. Amen. It's an opening where things gain entrance, good or bad, into our life. The end result is that as we are open at whatever comes through the gate of our mind and thoughts, that's what we are. That is who we are. Amen. And uh, so, you know, as a pastor for 18 years now, I'm just rounding it up. In November, it'll be 18 years. Uh, what I see, what I observe as I encounter, just living with people, helping people, you know, rubbing shoulders with people, is that the greatest source of difficulty in people's lives is the way they think. Doesn't make us bad people. It's the way we think, though. The greatest source of difficulty in people's lives is not the devil. It's not their outward circumstances. It's not what happens to them. It's not what their husband did. It's not what their wife did. It's not what mama did or daddy did. It's not what the boss did or the company did or didn't do. It's the way we think. Come on, the greatest thing that is holding you back from all that God has for you today is the way you think. And this is true for me. You understand that. I'm right there with you. Praise God. As we think down on the inside, that's who we are. That is who we are. Amen. And so if that's true, and I really think it's true from my observation, uh, if it matches, I heard Pastor Nancy in a message recently say the same thing, that as a pastor, uh, one of the greatest needs that she's seen, the greatest sources of difficulty in people's lives is the way that person's thinking. Amen. So if we want to change the life, we have to change the thoughts. The only way your life can change is to change the flow of your thoughts. Now I have this way deep in my notes, but I just feel like I'm going to insert it right here. You know, some people, they act as if, at least that's the impression they give me, is this, you know, they'll say things like, that's just how I think, Pastor. That's just how I think. That's just how I think about it. Well, okay, but that doesn't be, you saying that doesn't make the way you thinking profitable or good. People just think, well, that's why I believe. You know, I believe the, world, the world's flat. That don't make it so because you really believe it. <laughs> right? And uh, so people who think that uh, uh, the way I think today is just fine. It's just fine the way I think today. It's just fine. Working fine for me. Well, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going no further. You have sentenced yourself to whatever level you're on. 
that if you're not willing to accept that you could think better, you could think higher, to dismiss yourself from the subject of and the, and the responsibility of the ongoing process of renewing my mind is to say, no more. No better for me. And it's really pride, isn't it? It's really, really pride. You know, there needs to be in all of us a humble recognition that the problems I have in my life today are probably a result of the way I think. There needs to be in all of us that humble recognition that your personal problems and mine are tied and rooted in the way we think. And we can whine and we can cry and we could want that thing to not be there, but if we're going to stay in the same mode of thinking, we're going to have the same problems. Did I lose you already? So again, could you make that decision with me in this moment? Why don't you think about uh, some of the most pressing um, and let's say ongoing problems that you have in your life. Could you just humble yourself and say that it's likely, strong likelihood, that my having that problem is tied to the way I think? Well, Pastor, I don't know yet. Give me an example. If you're regularly, let's say like that, gloomy and down and depressed, that's a thinking issue, sweetie. Now, I, I understand that there are exceptions where, you know, a, a, the, you know a, someone's brain could be, you know, you could be sick in your brain like you could be sick in your liver or your heart or your pancreas. Mm -hmm. I understand it, but that's not true for most human beings. Right. Most human beings, their brains are functioning just fine. But the flow of their thoughts, the sum of their thoughts produce feelings of depression and gloominess and hopelessness, right? It's a thinking issue. If finances are a constant, you know, tripping point for you, sweetie, it's a thinking issue. It's a thinking issue more than likely. Yeah. Amen. I mean, what, let me, let me try to get you to look at this thing a different, a different way. What in your life is not tied to the way you think? I mean, you take no actions without thinking about it first. You make no decisions without thinking about it first. You don't speak any words without thinking about it first. So what in your life is not tied or linked to the way you think? And so if that thing in your life is not what you want, it's tied to the way that you think. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Right? Don't get under condemnation. But there must be, that's why I'm spending some redundant time on this, humble, honest recognition of this simple fact that as I think in my heart, so am I. If you, if you think in your heart, if the root of your thinking is, I fail, I'm a failure, I'm never going anywhere, 
then that's what you are. And that's what you're not going to have in life. That's, that's, you're going to be that in your life until you change that. I mean, Dr. Jacobs was just telling me about a young lady in her church that got up and gave a testimony about being delivered at camp. And he said she is a striking young lady, gorgeous young lady. I mean, drop dead, just very striking, attractive person. But privately, she's cutting herself. She's, she's self-loathed, right? And I know, the, I know demonic spirits get in on, on that, right? But the first thing, right, the way that it gets to that level, even demonically, is... The suggestion and the acceptance of a thought. What would cause someone who on the outside looks like they've got everything, could have, have anyone in there, have all that attraction, you know, attractiveness about them that opens so many doors in this world and all of that would be cutting themselves. It's because of the way she, it's not what she sees in the mirror in reality, it's, what she, it's the way she thinks about herself. How did I get down to suicidal, being really suicidal? The way I was thinking. Right? And so, you know, for most of us, let's say in the area of finances, you need to realize money is, more money is not your greatest need. Because look at our government. We throw more money at stuff. The thinking doesn't change. And the, the you know... We've spent trillions and trillions of dollars on a so-called war on poverty and people are poorer now than the day we started back in the 60s. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so more money is not always the answer to your financial problems. A renewed mind, that's your greatest need. More power is not your greatest need. It's a renewed mind. More favor is not your greatest need. The renewed mind is one of your greatest needs. Amen? So really, once someone is born again and they become a child of God, the most urgent assignment on that new life is, they get, is that they get their mind renewed. Right? Because they're born into a brand new kingdom, but they brought with them a worldly, carnal, unrenewed, sense dominated mind we all do we all do amen so it is of the utmost importance and i can't do this for you no one renewed my mind for me i am constantly engaged in the activity if you could follow me around okay and i'm not near perfect but i'm doing what i can do the best i can do to be an example Right? And, uh, and so, you know, to give you some insight into the flow of my life, I was telling someone this yesterday. I probably listened to minimum 10, usually about 15 hours of sermons and teaching during the week from Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Nancy, Kenneth e. Hagan, uh, Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Ed Dufresne, or myself. Right? So, I mean, I'm not listening to honky-tonk in the car. If I'm taking a shower, more than likely my wife will tell you the phone's on and I'm listening to something. I've got, I've got the Word of God in my ear. If I'm in the car, I've got the Word of God on, unless I'm praying or something like that. I've got something going in my ear to help me think right. And I've been doing this for, well, since 1995. 
And you know what happens when I stop? If I get lazy and stop, my mind starts to revert and go back. This is a constant. You have to commit to the, the, your responsibility to renew your mind for the rest of your life every day. I try to read five chapters of my Bible every day. I don't always get that, but usually I do. I have daily contact with Jesus every day of my life. Every day of my life, I, I'm connected to the Lord in some way. In personal, quiet fellowship with Him. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, you know, so if I want this, this maybe slow but steady, but very definite, positive, upward gaining in every year of my life to continue, I've got to continue to do the things that are going to push the envelope to push my thoughts higher and higher and higher and higher. The unrenewed mind uh, is one of the most dangerous things every Christian faces. Having an unrenewed mind. Why is an unsound or an un, is the unrenewed mind, why is it dangerous? Let me give you some reasons. God's Word is light. Is that right? Yes. If the unrenewed mind is by definition thinking opposite of the Word, then see, you're thinking darkness. If you're not thinking in harmony with the Word, then your mind's unrenewed. That's dangerous. Why? Because His Word is light, and if you're not thinking in the flow of light, you're thinking darkness. And that's what you're going to have in your life, is darkness. So it's dangerous to stay like that. Well, the Word is truth. Is it not? The Word of God is truth. Well, since that's true, then the unrenewed mind believes lies. It thinks false things. It thinks things that are not true to be true. It's the definition of deception. And it's dangerous to stay in that condition. It's not wrong to be in that condition if you are, I mean, especially if you're new to the things of God, but if you've been in this thing any length of time and you're, you haven't gone very far in renewing your mind, well, that is something you need to get on the ball. You need to get with the program. It's called being a disciple of Jesus. It's urgent that you do it. Who wants to believe lies? Lies are not going to... You know, believing something that's not true to be true is not over the long term going to produce a good harvest. So it's dangerous for you and I to stay thinking the way we do today. We, we have to change. Your healing. You know, we've been talking at healing school. Why are Christians sick? Many of them are sick because they think wrong. They think wrong. Right? I had one, just to give you a flow of an instance you know, that, we, we've, that I've encountered in the past. Not last week. In the past. Everybody with me? In the past. Yeah. Well, we teach healing from the Bible here. We teach it real strong, unapologetically. Over time, they didn't receive it. So they got discouraged about it. They got discouraged about it. Then they got under condemnation about it. They, they started thinking, I must be a less than Christian because I don't have my healing. They're condemned about it. And then they left the church to go find another place that, would, that, didn't, that believed something else about healing where she could fit into that better. See, it's wrong thinking. 
That's wrong thinking. Right? To, to, to go find a message that's going to water it, that's not going to help you be healed. But getting, condemn, getting under condemnation, sitting under a healing message. You know, Dr. Jacob's just telling us over a meal. Of course, I knew this, but he's just telling the story again. He had a pain in his side for 14 years. He said it felt like, I, I asked him, I said, did that come and go or is it constant? He said it was constant all the time, 24-7, like someone had that javelin down in my side down there. 14 years. He didn't get under condemnation. He didn't blame God. He didn't like it. He didn't enjoy it. And he told us, you know, I, I don't have that all figured out, but I know it shouldn't have taken me 14 years to receive. But I did receive. And he was healed. See, some of us, we think if we stand for two weeks, you know, and it all, everything in our life, ought to, we ought to be millionaires. And, and Look, he stood for his healing for 14 years. Abraham stood for the healing of his body and in the divine enablement for him and Sarah to have a baby for 25 years. We think we're big men and women of faith if we stand for a month. We're so quick to get discouraged. Listen, it's thinking. It's thinking. See, if you think, I can't be healed, if you stay thinking, God must not want to heal me, then you're not going to be healed. Right? The answer is continue to wash your mind, to challenge your mind. If it were me, see, when it doesn't look like a, a biblical truth working in my life, I don't get intimidated and back off of it and quit. I go, I go the other way. I'm going to press into it more. I'm going to buy every prosperity book I can get. I'm going to get all the messages out. I'm going to put it in my hair. I'm going to mow the grass listening to it, taking a shower. I am going to figure this out. Right? You've got to have some fight about you. Amen. So again, we're talking right now about how the unrenewed mind is dangerous. It's dangerous. Here's another reason why the unrenewed mind is dangerous. Because it constantly sides in against the Word. Maybe I should have backed up from before I started this section. What is the definition of a renewed mind? Well, it's a mind that thinks like God. It's a mind that thinks like God or in harmony with God. Amos 3.3, 3, how can any two, that includes us and God, walk together unless we're in agreement? And since God is God and He changeth not, for us to get in agreement, He's not going to change His thinking to get in agreement with us. We're the one with the unrenewed mind, not Him. He thinks right. This is where humility. We have to be humble. Right? If there, when we talk about God and me, if one of us is not thinking right, it's not him that's thinking wrong. It's me. So see, when you, uh, if you're new to this, when you go to read your Bible, you just what I would encourage you to do is to just decide what I read is right. What I read is right. And this is, there's a lot today in our culture that that really strikes an emotional chord with, like the practice of homosexuality and the lifestyles of lesbianism and transgenderism. 
Listen, we're not against anybody. We love everybody. But we love people. See, when you read Romans 1, listen, sweetie, it's right. That's what's right. When you read Leviticus, that's what's right. It doesn't matter what your emotions say. When God rained fire down on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in judgment of that lifestyle, it's right. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just and it's right. Now, if you've thought ishy-squishy and the culture shaped all your thinking, you know, I had someone that I love deeply in Oklahoma sit down with me, uh, I think one of the last times I was there, and was talking about a son of someone he knew that was in that lifestyle, and he just said, Chris, Chris, he was born that way. He's just always been that way. From birth, he was that way. He's just that way. God made him that way. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you who, but I'm like, I mean, I'll call it, dude. Your thinking is not in agreement. It's not in harmony with the Word. Well, you know, praise God. It's, I don't mean to pet anybody's fur backwards. But we love tells the truth. That's right. So anyway, whenever you, whenever you get in, you're going to read Ephesians. And it says that the sec, no sexual, if you practice sexual immorality, you, know, you don't have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. You're going to have to decide. Is that right? Or is it wrong? The word of God is right. I, I know society says that it's just fine. No problem. Shack up. Live with people before you're married. But the Bible says it's not good for a man to touch a woman outside of the marriage covenant. That it's destructive. That it's sinful. That it does damage. It brings death. Now, listen. What's the humble person? If you're going to renew your mind, you may have t- thought totally opposite that all your life. And then you read it. If you're going to have a renewed mind, you're going to let that old, you're going to let that way go, and you're going to humble yourself to what you see written. You have no foundation for it. It's totally against everything that you've ever accepted up to that point. But if God's word is God's word, if that's the Bible, if it's true from cover to cover, if it's the inspired, infallible word of God, then it's right. And listen, we're going to have moments like this all the time, all the time, all the time. You know, I got to where I I got to where I began to believe and see in the scriptures that it's God's will to heal. But then I had this in my thought to a degree, to a limit, because at the end, God's going to have to let you be sick. Otherwise, you'd live forever. In my thought, you have to die of something. That's my unrenewed mind. Where did I get that? I got that from medical science. I got that from washing mash. I got that from television. I got that from natural observation. People die of stuff. If they didn't have stuff, they'd keep on living. I didn't know in the Word that there was this thing called departure, that you're a spirit down there on the inside and that you could just leave. 
apart from sickness, apart from disease, apart from losing your mind and having to spend three years in a nursing home. But see, I had to flush that thought because I found a different thought, a higher thought in the Word. Praise God. See, I mean, it, having a renewed mind to these things or an unrenewed mind, it's life and death. Life and death. When I say it's dangerous to let your mind stay in the condition it's in today, I mean it. I mean it. People have no idea. I'm going to climb back up on this soapbox for just a second. They have no idea in the Scriptures, typical Christians, about the link to longevity, quality of life, level of blessing that God in His Word has placed on a Christian's relationship to his local church. And people, they, don't, they haven't renewed their mind to that. They're not bad people, they just haven't renewed their mind to that. And so they neglect it. They don't think it matters. They think they could just, it's just another event on the calendar. If I make it great, if I don't, fine. When the Bible says, for this reason, for this cause, many, not a few, many are weak and they're sickly and many have died prematurely because they did not discern properly the Lord's body. Now see, with some people that's like, it, cross, it goes cross grain, right? Well, I just quoted you, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30. So if it's in there, what is it? It's right. It's right. This means, just like Dr. Jacobs taught us, I can't talk any old way and have a long life. I can't talk, I can't just let anything fly out of my mouth and, and walk in the light of what the Scripture says about words. I'm going to have to put a bit in my mouth. I'm going to have to learn to talk the right way if I want what most people want, which is a long, healthy, victorious life. Right? So, because the unrenewed mind is dangerous. So, the renewed mind, we gave you a definition. It means to think like God thinks. It means to think in harmony with God. And really, to break that down even further in more practical terms, Jesus is the Word and the Word is God. Right? And so, the renewed mind thinks in harmony with that book. With the New Testament. With the epistles. And it takes time. It takes time. It takes on-purpose effort mm -hmm. to flush out the old and to put the new in. Are you with me? Yeah. And it's critical to our lives, each one, that we do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Here's, I'll give you one more and then I want to move on to another portion of this while I have a few minutes left. Another reason why the unrenewed mind is dangerous is that the unrenewed mind is blind to the will, plan, and purpose of God. It doesn't see it. It cannot see it. Where's the scripture for that? Well, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said, be not conformed to this world, to this world system, to, this, to the spirit of this age. Don't conform yourself to that but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? By the renewing of your mind that you may, uh, what? 
perceive, what's that word in the King James? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I hadn't turned there. That you may prove. Thank you. The word prove means discover in the Greek. So see, you can't discover the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God with an unrenewed mind. You won't see it. You won't eat. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, right? You have to be born again if you want to be able to perceive the kingdom of God. But now you're born again, but you got this mind. You have to get that renewed. So what people are trying to do out there is they want to try to be a, a, a round peg and a, fit in a square hole at the same time. They want to be Christians who love Jesus with all their heart and believe in transgenderism. Homosexuality is okay. Lesbianism. Shacking up. Drinking alcohol, drinking wine, that's all okay. See, they want to they be in the popular flow of the culture, but they also want to be Jesus people. And you can't. You have to choose. You have to let go of the one to hold to the other. That's what Jesus said. No man can serve two masters. If Jesus is your master then you're going to have to listen to Him. And what He says is what you believe. He, what He says is what you do. What He says is true, what He says is right, is true and right. End of story. I'm not going to argue with it anymore. I may not understand it. And there may be something in me right then that disagrees. But I am going to submit myself to what the Master said. Because He's my Lord. Right? So again, with this definition of uh, you know, understanding what a renewed mind is, see, until you sufficiently renew your mind, you're not going to be able to perceive with any degree of accuracy the plan and purpose of God overall and the plan and purpose of God for your life individually. So a renewed mind is going to open the blinds so that you can see what is the will and the plan and the purpose of God for me. Amen. Well, see, it's the will and the plan and the purpose of God for you to be healed. But you won't see that until you renew your mind on that truth. It's the will of God that you be rich. Rich, R-I-C-H. Rich, that means more, more, a whole lot more than what you need. Rich. But a lot of Christians, multiplied millions of them, have big problems with that. Huge. Well, the word's not the problem. The way those people think is... The problem. Amen. Praise God. Okay, you got a few more minutes? All right. So again, we said this before, every personal problem that we have, that I have, is rooted in and tied to the way I think. Amen. All our actions spring from our thoughts. Is that not right? So, listen, as your pastor... You, you give me a window for me to peer into. And I, you, you know, your actions are a window that show me how you think. Right? So, you know, we can tell. Uh, spiritual people can tell. Uh, how far along others are in their development it's not mean it's not a point to be critical 
but we can identify. The actions reveal the thinking. It's the actions that produce the outcome, good or bad, but it's the thinking that originates with it. Amen. Listen, if we want right outcomes, we've got to have right thinking. Now project yourself out into your 80s and 90s. What kind of, do you want to be slobbering in a nursing home? I'm not making fun. Is that, you want your end to be like that? You better get busy renewing your mind on health. Longevity. What does the Bible reveal? What does it say that makes for a long life? A sound life. Right? Well, do you want to have your mind you be healthy? But I mean destitute at 85. No money. Can't travel. Can't go to anywhere. Can't buy Christmas presents for the grandkids. Great grandkids. Is that the way you want to be? Well, it's the thinking today and every day up to that point that leads to that kind of outcome. It's not chance. It's not genes. It's thinking. I, just, I think I told you, I just told my wife in a private conversation, Honey, whatever I've got to do now and every day till then, I want my end to be happy. I want my end to be healthy. I want my end to be prosperous. But that means i got to work on my thinking today. You with me in that? Go to Isaiah 55. <clears throat> These are things that you've heard before, right? But that doesn't mean you're walking in the cutting edge of it. Especially, you know, you younger generation that I see here tonight, young adults. When you're away from me, what's the flow of the input coming in? Is it secular music, MTV, honky-tonk, the culture? If that's what's going in, it is, it, is, it is working on your mind the wrong direction. It's taking you further and further than as a Christian where you really need to be. I just encourage you, you may think my life is boring. I'm telling you, healthy is not boring. Peaceful is not boring. Having your bills paid supernaturally, that's not boring. Not getting a divorce, that's not boring. You know, not having kids whacked out on drugs and rebellious, that's not boring. Be like me. I, again, don't think I'm up here boasting. I'm just telling you, the flow of my life is sermons, sermons, sermons in my ear all day long. And it's not just random stuff, although that might be bad. Don't pull from some TV preacher out there. I'm going to tell you, if you're smart, who to listen to. Yeah. Listen to me. I am your pastor. I'm not boasting. Am I your pastor? Yes. If I'm your pastor, that means that God's anointed me like no other person on the planet right now to speak. He knows you. And He connected you to me. And my wife. So there's a grace and anointing. He's causing me to say things, minister along certain things that he knows you need right now. Right? Listen, before I go to bed tonight, I will have re-listened to this message. It's not because I like hearing myself. I just, I, I'm curious about how it came out. And sometimes I wonder, was it too strong? Was it too light or whatever? But I will have listened to it. 
usually before noon tomorrow, I will have listened to what Dr. Dennis Hattabaugh preached tonight. I have a pastor. She has a midweek service on Tuesday night. I will have listened to her if she's there preaching. So you need to center up in me. Not about an ego thing. Again, it's just what I rehearsed to you. You're, I, in a, we're all a link in a chain, right? And my, if Brett's a link, then the next link, come on, link up. It, it's me. It's not Pastor Nancy and him. It's not Dr. Dufresne and him. It's not Dr. J. The link up for him is me. Then it's Dr. Jacobs, Pastor Nancy, Kenneth e. Hagan. Don't reach out. Listen, okay, let me tell you somebody I really highly regard, highly respect. Bill Winston. Wonderful. Listen, you want to listen to him once or twice or whatever? Fine. I don't know what he's been preaching on the last 10 years. I have no idea. I love him. He's a great preacher. But God didn't connect me with him. There's no supernatural grace on his life to speak into mine. He's a precious brother. But figure this out. Sheep graze where? Talk about natural flock of sheep. Do they decide where they eat out of? No, they have a shepherd. The shepherd says, man, come over here. And right now we've been grazing, haven't we, on the subject of angels. Well, I hope you've been thinking about angels. Maybe looking up some scriptures on angels. Maybe doing some extra release in your faith in the angels. We've been centering it up on the authority of the believer. Are you thinking about the authority of the believer? Reading books on the authority of the believer? Getting sermons on the... That's what you should be doing. If you're not doing that, I'm not spanking you. I'm just trying to help you be like me. God assigns us, right? And then He works within, right? That's why I want to know what's Pastor Nancy preaching on right now. I want to know what doctor's preaching on. And I have my staff, or I get it myself, get me that material. Because that's my link. So I'm not listening to some random, precious TBN preacher. I'm not linked with them. I'm just telling you this is a little that will help you. Sometimes, this is why some, you see some people come in and then they leave. Sometimes the reason for that is, is that they've got a camp and they've got an influence. And they're hoping to bring that in here and to salt and pepper this ministry along that line. And I'm the one that seasons this congregation, not you. Don't bring in your pet ministry out there that I'm not connected with, I don't know anything about, and sometimes I do know about it and I don't want it. We're not going to have it here. And when they find out I'm not, all, I'm not having it, they leave. And I don't call them and I don't pray for them and I don't ask them to come back. I'm looking for people who there's a divine connection. I'm sitting myself here. You're my pastor and I'm called to you and you're called to me in this season. And we're hooked up together. So the ministries I pull from, man, I could probably name them on my five finger, right? Mm -hmm. Kenneth E. Hagan, Dr. Ed Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, Dr. Michael Jacobs. I might have a gummy bear and Dennis Hattabaugh every now and then. He's a good preacher. Amen. So these are the ministries that you should be pulling on. You'll, get, you'll just get better results. Amen. I'm not trying to praise God. And listen to whoever you want to. I mean, it's not a cult. Do what you want. But I'm trying to help you um, change your life.
Trying to, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Many Christians fail to become successful and to live a life of victory because the flow of their thoughts is negative and self-defeating. I read this today, you know, science, science has looked at the bumblebee and said it can't fly. The bumblebee can't fly. It's got this huge body and little bitty wings. And they know all about aerodynamics. And science tells us that it is impossible, impossible scientifically for a bumblebee to fly. But it does. Doesn't it, Sarah? It does. It does. How come the bumblebee flies when science says it can't? Because it thinks it can. And everything around you said you're poor and you're going to stay poor and you're going to be poor and it's impossible for you to not be poor. But if you can think higher than that, then you can be the bumblebee. You can fly. The doctor may say, you've got six weeks to live. You have to die. Well, that's what science says, but science got it wrong with the bumblebee. The bumblebee thinks it can fly. The bumblebee doesn't have the thought, oh, I can't fly. They say I can't fly. I better not fly. What am I doing flying? I better start walking. No, it just flies because it thinks it can. Come on. Praise God. You got to be the little engine, the little train engine. Right? Come on, from now on, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Woo! Praise God. It may look like it's going to be 20 years before I can get out of debt. No! I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. Come on. Doesn't the Bible say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stop saying, I can't. Stop turning 60 and saying, I can't drive at night. That is, what is that all about? Stop that. Stop getting old. I'm telling you, to, did I just say that? Stop getting old. I'm not taking it back. Come on, praise God. Hallelujah. Right? It's just a number. People, yeah, I'm telling you, you know, they, they just talk themselves. They, they think like the world. I'm 60 now. I can't drive at night. What is all that about? Doctor 70 and since 2015, he had some surgery. But if you need surgery, get surgery. Believe that you can. I'm going to drive all my life. How do you know? Because I say so, and I only say so because I think so. And I only think so because I read it. I read it. Caleb was over 80. And dressed in warrior gear, ready to go fight. 80 years old. Strong as he was when he was 40. His ear hadn't deafened and his eye had not dimmed. Old covenant believer. Old Covenant believer. I'm a New Covenant believer. You're a New Covenant believer. See, the world in that, that, that weak, weak thought 
will put you in a wheelchair, put you in a, crowd, in, a, in a shaded room watching reruns of 30 minute sitcoms for four decades before you die. That's not the kind of life God wants you to have. I think I got an impartation from Dr. Jacobs. I'm getting red in my throat. <laughs> I'll be like him. I'm not mad at anybody. Right? Not mad at anybody. And I'm just talking. Isn't that right? When I hear him say, I'm just talking, I always say to myself, no, I don't think you're just talking. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's more than that. So the bumblebee flies. The bumblebee does the impossible because it thinks it can. But you know, I read another story. I was reminded about another true story about a, uh, a guy that worked on a rail car. And he got locked in. Mistakenly, he got locked in. You ever hear this story? He got locked into this rail car. And when his eyes adjusted to the dark, he realized that it was a refrigerated uh, car. And he was overcome with the fear that he was going to freeze to death. He beat on that door until he bled. He uh, wrote, uh, Mark got a knife and marked and etched his last words. I'm, he would say things. It was marked in there. I'm dying. I know I'm freezing to death. And when they came the next morning and opened up the door to that rail car, they found his dead body. Mm-hmm. They did an autopsy on his dead body. And uh, really, it was a repair, a refrigerator repair guy that found his body. He was there to fix the broken refrigerated car. Because it wasn't working. And yet the autopsy revealed that he had all the symptoms. He died of hypothermia. And yet the temperature did not go below 55 degrees in that rail car that night. He thought himself to death. True story. True story. Come on. God said, Beloved, I have set before you this day both blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. Choose life. He says choose life. How do we choose life? We've got to choose His thoughts. Right? Let's try to close tonight. I didn't get near as far as as I wanted to. Y'all all all right? You getting anything out of this? Good. Look at what God said. Familiar verse. Isaiah 55 verse 8. God said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now God is not looking down on us little skulls of mush, as Rush Limbaugh calls us, you know, and uh, saying, you know, look at you dummies down there. Don't you know my thoughts are high? No, that's not what He's saying. He is saying a fact. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. What he's saying here, humble yourself, recognize this is true, and come up. Come up. Adopt. Get rid of the way you think. Get rid of the way you've been doing it. How many of you really know God lives higher today than we live? 
literally and in every other way. He is living higher. Come on. There is no death. There is no darkness. There is no trace of, it's just wealth all around. There's peace. There's joy. There's no enemy. There's, he is living high, ba- high. This verse tells you why he lives that high. Why does he, lives that, why does he live that high? Because he's, he thinks that high. He thinks that high. And his ways are that high. But he says, son, daughter, I have given to you a written collect. Can I borrow that? <laughs> a written. So what are you doing with my sword? Come on. Uh, son, daughter, this, this is a written collection. Handpicked. Of my thoughts. These are my thoughts. That are relevant to your life down there. This is a written collection of my ways. It talks about marriage in here, doesn't it? That's his thought about it. That's his way about it. You ought to just get with that program and have a wonderful marriage, have a sweet marriage. He talks about money in here. He says, give the first and best 10% of it to him. That's his thought. That's his way. You may not like that thought, but if you'll conform to that thought and submit to that way, You'll be blessed. He has thoughts about prayer. He has thoughts about, you know, what kind of lifestyles tend to life and what kind of lifestyles, you know, will cut your life short and hurt you. Come on. This is my Bible. This is, this is the thoughts, not all of his thoughts, but these are the collection of thoughts that he picked out for us as humans. They're higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. But he didn't say you can't attain to them. He wrote them. He published them. He preserved it through the ages. You know the devil's many times tried to eliminate this book. But he's not succeeded. God's preserved his word for this generation. And listen, we can all have a great life. We can all have a long life. We can do the will of God and we can fulfill the will of God and we can receive his promises. Amen. We can live the good life he's ordained for us to live. But not, not holding to the thinking we brought into the kingdom. We have to let that go. We have to let that go. And so again, it's, it's, our, it's our daily delight. It needs to be your daily delight to lend your, to whatever moments you have available to, to give yourself to the things that are going to renew your mind. Get that word in your heart. Get it down in there deep where it becomes an inner part of your consciousness. Right? Life will be different for you. Life will be different for me. Amen? No prayer line can do for you what only the renewed mind can do. You understand that, right? It's like Dr. Jacobs said, nope, I don't have any 
pixie dust. Thank God for the purposes of the laying on of hands and all that can be accomplished. But whatever we get in corporate meetings in the presence of God, if we leave thinking the same, then we've sentenced ourselves to stay right where we are. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father.